from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Oh, I spent all day yesterday, Ursula, and I'm telling you right now. So I get linked with my third cousin, <laughs> and he's from Cyprus, Texas. Yeah. Right? And this is after you did 23 and Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Cyprus, Texas. So uh-huh. I look at the picture. First of all, <laughs> if you see him, he don't look like my cousin <laughs> by, by first glance. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then my man had on some glasses, and he had a hat on. And I say, man, what kind of hat is that? I go to zoom in, Ursula. <laughs> I zoom in on the hat. And it said, Trump. <laughs> You're related. I, I said, cousin. <laughs> Good morning, Ursula. <laughs> Good morning, G. We're actually going to talk about your 23andMe journey coming up at 947. Yeah. Because there were some funny things, and, 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 and you've been a little distracted the last 24 hours. Yeah. And I want to ask the question to all of you, should I do it too? <laughs> I'm almost afraid about what I might find out. You know it goes to other countries, too. Yes, yes. All right, are you ready for a good show today? Uh, yes, we have a very, very, very right. full show for you. Coming okay. up at 9.30, yeah. charges could be coming for some of those protesters who blocked I-5. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about that with Chris Sullivan. Also, the Everett to Marysville driving is going to be a nightmare. What is going on there? He will get us up to date. As always, we want you to join us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476 Cairo and if you aren't already doing it, we'd love it if you are uh, listen to our podcasts um, and if you are able to do a review of our podcasts uh, where you listen to your podcast whether it's iTunes, Spotify uh, what's the other one? Sti- Stitcher, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts there you go, Apple Podcasts uh, we would love it, a bunch of you have said that you've signed up if you're already on our Kyber Radio app mm. you can't do the review there but we sure appreciate you listening on our yeah. Kyber Radio app or on MyNorthwest.com when you said Apple Podcasts I don't know what it is but I just started thinking about an apple pie so bad <laughs> alright let's get to it top stories of the day brought to you by Way Scar 40 Susu and Auburn the tents are back outside City Hall in Burien today now that a sanctioned church encampment has been shut down about 60 people were staying at the Oasis Home Church but the 90 day agreement that allowed that encampment came to an end yesterday so people like Alex Hale are back outside City Hall or they're living on public property around Burien we were forced to the streets because we there there are not any uh, facilities in the city of Bering for people in my circumstance. That is Alex, who spoke with Como 4 News. Former Burien City Council member Sidney Moore, whose nonprofit operated that camp, says uh, these folks have nowhere to go. We can't do everything by ourselves, and we do need somebody to step up and offer us land. Um, if the city wants to partner with us, then we would love to be able to continue providing the service. And as you might recall, because we've been talking about this for like over a year now, Burien did finally accept that $1 million offer from the King County Regional Homelessness Authority to uh, create a pallet shelter village, basically those tiny homes. But there is no time frame on when that's going to be built. So so this was a 90-day deal that they got, and now that 90 days is up. So 
hypothetically speaking, let's say it was a year deal that was put in place. Okay, we're going to extend it now. It's going to be a year. Then what? What is the plan after that? We are always talking about, hey, housing, 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 which no doubt about it. We do have a problem with that. But what is the plan outside of just that deal? So, for an example, when it was the 90 days, what was the plan? If it's a year, what's the plan? Nine. Is the, the is the goal when we are talking about this and you guys hear Ursula and I talk about this topic that we talk about all the time. Is there any plan outside of that? So. This is where, Ursula, I'm bringing up UBI constantly. It was successful three years ago. It's been successful everywhere it's been implemented. It was a small sample size where they took 125 people in Stockton, California, and they gave them $500 a month with no strings attached. I'm not just trying to – I'm not going to make this a whole big case about it, but I'm just saying – I know that there are leaders that listen to our show, so I want you to start thinking about these type of measures to go in, in, in place because the constant housing and putting them in these places and in shelters, what is the plan after that? My question on UBI, Universal Basic Income, is if you throw money at people who are in a situation like this, so... Um, to me, this is a, a an awful merry-go-round to nowhere. Many of the people who've been camping at the Oasis Home Church for the past ninety days had come from another, uh, from an illegal homeless camp on Ambom Boulevard. So now they're back with their tents at City Hall. I don't want to sound like a jerk, but what have they done in the past ninety de- days to help get themselves? into a better position. They had 90 days. They were they had 90 days at the church. What did the church do? Like you said, what is the plan? What have advocates for the homeless done to help them get services to break the cycle? The idea that you would just give them money now, um, you know, if they have addiction, if they have mental health issues, if they don't want to get out of the situation, what do you do? You give them money and they still want to live we don't you don't we don't know that we don't we, you, you, we you, don't know. But but I guess that is a question that I haven't asked enough. Yeah. That's uh, fine. And so I, I, I bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be open to the idea of, of UBI. Uh, and I see that in some uh, limited cases and some limited programs, pilot programs, it has seemingly been successful. But yeah, we're Burian. Today still only has two shelters, a family shelter can serve around 200 family members and a women only shelter that can serve up to nine single women. So how long have we been talking about this? Over a year, right? Just in Burien. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there are still no shelters for single men. And in November, the city of Burien passed a law making it a misdemeanor crime if you live or sleep on public property. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like. It's like trying to run a race with with your legs tied. Mm-hmm. But we but we have um, what I'm what I'm saying is is that this model that we are doing and we and we are trying to see hey we got to get them housing and housing housing and okay let me just say this one last thing back in 2009 and that football player Rob Sims gave me an opportunity mm-hmm. to live I had a place to stay right. I wasn't fixed, 
meaning yeah. And I didn't so have, and you were living in your car. You'd been right, living in your car. Right. I, I didn't have a drug problem, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. didn't have any type yeah. of, of of addiction other yeah. than a food addiction, yeah. right? But what I'm trying to say is, is, is I wasn't fixed. Yeah. It, it wasn't 30 days. It wasn't 90 days. I, I wasn't fixed. So a lot of times when people are in these bad situations, there's a lot of things that's going on upstairs yeah. that is a real mental roadblock for them. Yeah. And so- Go ahead. Well, I'm curious because UBI would, would like what amount would have made the difference for you per month to get you out of that situation maybe faster? I, I, I think that I think the reason why I wasn't fixed is because at the, ultimately my problem was my ability to make money. I was not making money. And yeah. my constant every day was trying yeah. to get money from Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And I don't I don't care if you if you have a house right now. If for those listening right now and you have a house, you you have somewhere to stay, it's warm at night, you got a roof over your head, you have food, but constantly you're constantly worried about being able to pay your bills. That is a real stress. Yeah. And that is could be a real roadblock for a lot of people. So back to this topic in Burian for those out there. I just hope, Ursula, and I think kind of what you were trying to say, there has to be more of a plan other than, hey, we just got to find these people a place to stay, which which we know that's cool. I mean, that's the I, I think that's key, along with if they have a drug addiction or mental health, uh, you know, mental illness, uh, they need to get some kind of services so that they can break yeah. that. Yeah. cycle but, but but thinking that something magically is going to happen yeah. after 90 days but a lot of people believe in their heart of hearts that if you give people more money guaranteed money the first thing people think is well what about an addiction well i just want to tell you guys that not everybody out here unhoused has an addiction right right so i mean there's just there's this is thought that it is always no. addiction I, addiction addiction and i just that is the biggest myth out there yes some of the folks you see out there chronically unhoused, yes, you can see some of them have addictions. I, I'm not doubting that. But we can't automatically always assume that extra money will lead to extra drugs. One quick note on uh, addiction, right? What's the difference between uh, someone who is homeless with an addiction and somebody who is housed and with a job? Uh, someone with resources can pay for their drugs versus someone who's homeless might have to break into yeah. cars. So would you rather them breaking into cars to earn that money? I don't know. That's a tough call. Yeah. The, uh, one of the differences is when you have money to feed your addiction. I mean, you're 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 it, it's in a very expensive addiction. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's a very fine line between where you could find yourself. Uh, in, in a very tough situation, too. Okay, well, around this time, we mm-hmm. asked the question, who is willing to have the homeless in their neighborhoods? So now we have an answer for you this morning because Bellevue stepped up. The city council has authorized a group called For Tomorrow to run a safe parking pilot program where people who live in their cars can actually park on city-owned property. So Bellevue is going to pay nearly $700,000 for this program at Lincoln Center. The Seattle Times reports the lot has spaces for up to 20 vehicles, including RVs, and a day center where the people who live there can use the bathrooms, they can use showers, they can have a kitchen. And for tomorrow is going to staff the day center. They're going to be connecting the people who live in the parking lot to services for employment, medical and mental health care and other assistance for them to find stable housing. Let's go Bellevue. Let's go. 
Let's go, Bell. Very well. And Ursula, they plan on prioritizing the passenger vehicles that have children inside of them. This is beautiful. I love the fact that they are doing this. And you know what's cool, Ursula? You ever be the cool person in school that wears the new jeans and everybody want to say, ooh, they're wearing it. This is what Bellevue is doing. Ooh, Bellevue's doing it, right? So now other cities possibly will think, oh, that's what the cool kids are doing. Shout out to you, Bellevue. Yeah, I mean, kudos to Bellevue. So this is something that's been in the works for about a year. Uh, This lot is going to have a code of conduct, including a zero tolerance policy for any kind of drug use. Um, All of the... Uh, families who will who will be using this uh, property will be screened by the staff and then referred to this group where they're going to be allowed to stay in that lot. Um, and according to city documents, 54 vehicles were so basically 54 families were living in their cars. And uh, Bellevue, I mean, that's relatively small. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're talking about Bellevue. However, they're doing something. Let's go, Bellevue. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, kudos to them. Unfortunately, I'm going to get to our crime blotter segment Uh. because a couple of things stand out this morning. We're trying to, you know, not do too much crime news, but uh, these things need to be talked about. The state patrol is now investigating two more freeway shootings. There was a taxi on I-5 in Tequila that was hit by a bullet yesterday. And then about 10 minutes later, a BMW was shot at on I-5 near 520. Thankfully, no one was seriously hurt. But as Cairo 7 TV's Jake Chapman reports, this has become an alarming trend. We need the public's help. Two shootings on I-5, barely 10 minutes apart during rush hour Monday afternoon. Anytime it is, it seems like on I-5 there's a lot of vehicles. A short series of events while shocking to both drivers and Washington State Patrol. And we had seven in January and um, sadly there's two in February now. And any one is alarming to us. I believe there were like 50 of them, over 50 of them last year too. Mm. I mean, so this has been, this has been going on. Yo, I don't really know how to really respond to this other than to I've been trying to I've been paying attention but at the same time I was wondering if you and I would do it justice by talking about it because I don't want anybody to get out there getting the ideas but at the same time like yesterday happening 10 minutes apart this is becoming a thing whether it's I-5 whether it is I-90 whether it is the 509 freeway where it happened last year at the end of last year it's kind of a scary situation, Ursula. Well, it is, and it, it, it's. I guess there's a there was another story that that caught my eye, and uh-huh. and I don't. I want to hear what you guys think. It it just feels so. Sometimes you can feel like it's a little out of control, but uh, this story: moviegoers were robbed and carjacked at Linwood's AMC Theater near Aldwood Mall. By the way, that's where I watched the Barbie movie. Uh, so police say this happened around nine o'clock on Sunday night. Victims say a group of people uh, with guns held them up, then stole two of their vehicles. The Herald's reporting that Linwood officers believe they found one of those stolen cars about an hour later get this Hmm. they arrested the 14 year old driver and three other kids who were inside yes stolen car oh i mean for some reason it feels and seems like teens right now and i and maybe this might be something that i don't understand because i because i really don't but for some reason teens 
have really been gravitating towards stealing cars and committing crimes. It, like, like I, I know a lot of people are saying like te- teens are really broken from the pandemic and really still feeling the effects of the pandemic. Is this the pandemic? Is this is this just a lack of parental controls? Is this a, just people thinking that, hey, that I'm going to get on social media, not well, having consequences? I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck with you, Ursula. A lot of times we talk about where's the parents and lack of parental controls. Some of these parents have lost their mind. Through that, you know what I mean. Some, some of y'all know. So you got some friends right now that yeah. that, that are parents, yeah. and you like you know, Lois don't need to be no parent. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. They, they've lost their mind. So do you wonder, kids? It is not about what they hear; it's about what they see. So yeah. if my mama ain't got no sense, my daddy ain't got no sense, it's a good chance the child ain't gonna have yeah. no sense. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, you said, I, you, I think you're, you're making too much sense. No, 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 I, I, no. <laughs> okay, wait. Just real quick yeah. before we get out of here, yeah. I just want to remind you mm-hmm. that you can listen to our podcast if you miss any segment of the show. Search for the G Ursula Show wherever you get your podcast. I, I just been doing that the last couple of days to see like what people experience. Yeah. So when you're on our page, hit that subscribe button. You can automatically receive every hour of every show. If, if you have the option, you can give us a review. I checked out a few that are on iTunes. Yeah. I'm going to read you one. <laughs> You're going to read us yes. one? In the next? Okay. Yeah. Coming up next, Ursula's going to read us one. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, uh, also, she's going to read you a review, one. But also, Chris Sullivan is going to come in to talk about. Remember, they were protesting on I-5 recently? Well, Chris Sullivan is going to come in and tell us what Washington State Patrol plans to do about some of that. We'll do that next. Jane Ursula. Ursula Show. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this Tuesday morning. And while I was in the Philippines, I did read one of the headlines about a big freeway blockage and it involved uh, some pro-Palestine demonstrators. And uh, I recall traffic was a huge headache. And uh, now we're finding out that some of those folks may be facing charges. And our reporter, Chris Sullivan, joins us now. He is our transportation expert. Uh, And this was a day of a big fat mess on I-5. Please tell me that when you saw this while you were in the Philippines and you read the headline, you're like, God, don't be Seattle. Don't be Seattle. Don't be. Se- oh, uh, it's Seattle. No, I knew I it was going to be Seattle. I, 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 <laughs> I, hey, Sully, I had just missed it. I just got downtown for yeah. an event. And I said I said to Chef on the show, I said, if I would have gotten caught in that and that huge event I had to do, I would have been mad. Yeah. Okay, now so were the people now, in the ambulance that were stuck behind him. Exactly. Unfortunately, they didn't have a negative outcome. Exactly, as we can and tell. I want to make very clear because the last time we had this discussion, people were like, "Well, you don't, you're not caring about what's going on in Gaza." No, that's that's not the point, and uh, absolutely care about what is going on. Uh, in Gaza, but we're talking about blocking freeways, which I don't think is the way to get the message. And out. blocking freeways are illegal. I mean, it's an illegal action. And so the big question became why did it take the state patrol five hours? 
to clear northbound I-5 into the heart of downtown Seattle? And it's a reasonable question. It's one that the State Patrol is asking itself. Yes. But the times have changed. I mean, from, of? from the WT in terms of the response from WTO through all the George Floyd stuff. I mean, you the days of the State Patrol going in and just start cracking skulls randomly to break this stuff up like we did at WTO. Just It just doesn't happen. They're not doing that anymore. So the mantra has become, it will take as long as it takes to get everybody off there safely, and that includes the protesters. That's the actual stance. Um, and so, saying that you may not be satisfied with that, but that is the... From top down, that's their tactic. Okay, and that is from State Patrol. That is correct. That is leadership. from the from the top. That's the way it's being done now. And let's not forget. I'm satisfied with that. I mean, it's you know, it's just so. Let's yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, you, you, don't, you, you don't want to do that, but five hours seemed like a long time. But here's what made this one a little bit different. Uh, they used the sleeping dragon technique which is something that they had never used on freeways before, but they've used on surface streets. That's the one where people tie themselves up in, in their hands and they use pipe between their hands. So in other words, yeah. they're locked you together. You can't arrest eight people them across. No, and if you were to cut it off, you'd cut off their arms, if unless you do it properly. Uh, and so they were that. The plus, you know, a dozen or so people also just drove their cars coordinated to stop traffic and then just abandoned them and left the cars there. And because of the potential of they weren't sure they had then had to bring in the bomb sniffing dogs to check every single one of those cars out of all sorts of precaution just to be safe. Plus, there were 500 people involved, Mm -hmm. and they just didn't have enough bodies to deal with it. So that's how we got here. Now we hear from the state patrol that it could be maybe later this week, maybe Thursday, where we might have uh, the detectives from the Washington State Patrol will recommend charges against at least six of the participants and as many as 10 more, uh, well, they will refer those charges to the King County Prosecutor's Office. Then it'll be up to the King County Prosecutor's Office to determine whether or not they do anything with those charges. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and it's most likely they're all going to be misdemeanors anyway, if they're charged, most likely just disorderly Well, that would be then the city attorney's office if it's a misdemeanor, right? No, because it happened on state state property, Mm -hmm. it then goes to the King County Sheriff's Office, or sorry, the King County Prosecutor's Office, even if it is a misdemeanor misdemeanor because it's a state issue, not a city issue. Uh, yeah, so it would so it's going to King County, not to the city of Seattle, even no. regardless of the charge, because it's where it's who has jurisdiction over where it took place. Had they done this in downtown Seattle, mm. certainly it would go to the city Seattle oh, prosecuting that solves, attorney. That solves the unhoused situation when we have folks on the side of the freeway. Same rule. What? Oh no. No, they they because they weren't te- they're not technically blocking the freeway. Ah. Uh, they're not block. They are they are trespassing, but they're not blocking traffic. Gotcha. Again, it, we get caught up in the minutia of this, but there are important <laughs> details as you look at that. Um, so now, uh, as we know, there is also a bill in Olympia. Did it did it get kicked out, uh, Chef? Do you know uh, that it would make uh, blocking the freeway a felony? So we'll find out from Matt we'll later chat with on. Matt, yeah, Matt yeah, exactly. on that That's going to be in twenty minutes. But um, I know they worked on your graffiti bill, so I'm sure you'll be happy to hear about that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and we talked about graffiti. Hero of the superheroine of, uh, of graffiti is uh, Ursula right there. I know. <laughs> I know. So we all have our pet peeves, and graffiti would be mine. Um, but uh, so in, in this case, I mean, it's very unusual. I mean, it, it's been a while since I've heard that the state patrol would recommend charges for something like this. And, and, and they're being very careful about it. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, they did not 
issue any charges for those that took over during the, you know, the, the, the East Precinct chop holes, that whole situation. And we had a person killed during that on I-5 or who was trespassing on the freeway and was hit by a motorist and, and died. So but as near, near as I can remember, I don't think they, they filed any charges of trespassing or disorderly conduct back then or requi- re, uh, referred them. But I can check on that. But that's just my recollection. Gee, any thoughts? No, no, not at all. Um, I'm perfectly okay with this. I mean, going back to the start of it, I mean, I definitely don't want them going and cracking skulls, and we know what the history of that has yep. uh, produced. So, no, I don't like that. But also, at the same time, if, you, if there's going to be charges, hey, I, there, there it is. You know what I mean? They got video. They're able to look at video and see what happened and, and see who the charges are. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to argue against that. Yeah, I, I, I don't want this to become... A, a regular thing and, and and I get that that people are frustrated and and people are angry and people are um, just devastated by what is going on uh, in in certain parts of the world including now what's going on in Gaza and I understand that and I also understand historically you know protests of blocked freeways etc cetera, etc cetera. but I still feel like there is something lost in in the messaging. That's my personal opinion. Um, and I don't believe that everyone who is out there is doing it for that particular cause. That would be my other thought. When it comes to the bill that would have made it a Class C felony yes. to block state highways, that has not made it out of committee even. So it appears that will not be going anywhere this it's year. It's dead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Real quick, because we got like 30 seconds. What's going on? Uh, I fi- Everett oh, to Marysville. What's Everett happening? to Mary. Coming up later this month, most likely. Could be as early this weekend. Three straight weekends or three weekends of full closures of southbound 529 between Marysville and Everett. They're working on, if you can believe it, the 97-year-old bridge over Steamboat Slough. And uh, coming up later this year, we're going to have a four full month closure of the Snohomish River Bridge northbound, also 529, as they work on that span, which is also 97 <laughs> years old. So that's coming up. So if you want to learn more, mynorthwest.com, it's going to be a big pain in the you know what, uh, especially for the Amazon workers uh, and the UPS and uh, FedEx workers. They have a big distribution center up there right near the Snohomish River Bridge. I'm not sure where those trucks are going to go, but it's not going to be easy. <laughs> Thank you for the heads up. Yeah. Thanks, Sully. <laughs> See you guys. We always love you here. I thought you was going to read everybody. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Here, here it is. Here it is. I review. promised. Okay. Because uh, I've been telling everybody, uh, please, please, please uh, check out our podcast. Subscribe. Then you can automatically get them every hour of every show uh, after we're done with the show each day. Um, here's one that I found on iTunes. It was the, actually the very first review. Please quit recycling this woman from show to show and just retire her. There's plenty of talent out there. Give them a chance. You will gain viewers and the company and community will have a huge boost in morale. Who is that? I'm going over to that person's house right now. No one disrespects Ursula like that. <laughs> someone, someone who went by Sea Dogs or something. <laughs> I'm on the way to that person's house. No one disrespects Ursula like that. I love you, Chris. Did you guys... Could you guys imagine us doing this sh- show without Ursula? If they oh, li- they can. If they would have, <laughs> if they would have listened to Sea Dog. <laughs> hey, I mean that was the very. So please leave us a review and please be kind. All right, uh, coming up next, we need to talk, y'all. Um, this whole twenty-three and me. You guys want to hear some more stories? I mean, 
Sure. I, mean, I don't want to bore you to death, but... No, we uh, do. We do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I'll share a story how one person, what they said to me, and it has to do with my son. I'll tell you next. Chi and Ursula. It is the G and Ursula show. Matt Markovich, that's Abby and Tacoma's favorite. He's going to be joining us to talk about the legislature that's going to come up at 10 o'clock. But right now we need to talk. And one of the things that I just absolutely love about listeners and everybody that joins in on the G and Ursula show, it's like a family. And I can share stories with you and you guys can either sometimes call me crazy or you can fall in love with that story. This is a story about 23 and me. Now, Ursula, yesterday I revealed on the show, and I came because you brought a candy salad, and I said, that is the whitest thing that I had ever seen. And then after saying that, I also revealed that I am 21% white. So you're part of the delegation, too. (laughs) Yes. And and by the way, I went out of the office, and my privileges started. (laughs) Charlie, the boss, started to like me more. (laughs) Okay. So... Oh, my God. I want to just, no, I want to get into this. Let me be serious yeah, for well, a second. Can you just explain, though, why did you do it and be- why now? Because my son did it. Okay. And when he, and why did he do it? I don't know. I think it was his, uh, I think his girlfriend got it for him for Christmas okay. or something like I that. Spe- I suppose curiosity. Yeah. Is so, a good answer. So he did it. And so he sends me the rundown. And when I looked at his rundown, it said for him, 65%. European. And I thought, huh, I didn't say anything to him, but that stood out to me. And and he only, he was only uh, like, you know, 35 percent, uh, you know, African, all, all that kind of stuff. So I thought, man, this really makes sense for my mom's mom's side, who I hardly know nothing about. Mm-hmm. But my mom's mom had long hair down to her butt, right? Her siblings have long, get good straight hair. And I'm like, I ain't dumb. Put two and two together, Ursula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Equals four and a half. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> so so you start seeing that. So I've always knew that. But just the confirmation of it yesterday, it really put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. One cool thing that happened yesterday was there someone in Seattle, I don't want to say her name, but we linked up yeah. as family. I thought, wow, that's pretty cool, yeah. right? Now, did you have trepidation? Did you go into it a little bit nervous? Nah. Nah, I know I know what you're saying. And, and I think some some people might be. Some of you might be. Somebody listening right now didn't have some un, some answers that you didn't expect to get. You didn't even ask that question, but you got an answer. Uh-huh. You, know, you know, Daddy, what Papa was a rolling stone. And, you know, wherever he laid his hat was his home. And then he died. 
dad? No, but no, seriously. Now, there was one guy that you're related to. Was it a third cousin? Third, I, don't even, I don't even know what a third cousin third is. Cousin, but third this cousin. This was a third cousin who, there was one thing that was very distinctly. He's from, he from Cyprus, so, Texas? Yeah, but, but there was something, I, I saw a, a, an immediate similarity to you. The Trump and, hat on? No, it was the glasses, the big glasses. Oh, yeah. And the kind of look he had you know, from, while driving. He's doing a selfie from behind the wheel. Then, but then you told us to zoom on in. So I'm zooming. I said, look there, G. <laughs> right? You know, you had so that. we can all get along. Absolutely. The one, the one lady, like I said, here in Seattle, when we message, she says to me, are are you the G Scott from the sports world? <laughs> just, is that how people look at me? I'm in the sports world. I don't even talk about sports that much. But yes, it, but, it, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. So Ursula, would you think about doing it? Yes, especially now. Maybe that you know that my parents are gone. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that that uh, I feel like I'm rooting around, no pun intended. Yeah. But I'm 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 trying to just gather as much family as I can. Right. And if there, this past weekend we had f- family from from everywhere to to help memorialize my mom and just uh, you know have a celebration of her life. Right. And I was in my it was the first time I felt full and and just like myself again right. in, in months. Right. And um. I don't know. I think it would be really interesting. Yeah. So. And I have a big, huge family. And I have a very big, huge family with some complica- complicated stories mm-hmm. that I would not be surprised if I have relatives. Right. That are maybe not that far removed. So, <laughs> so real quick, last story to tell you. Uh-huh. My, I am named after my uncle. Uh-huh. Who remember I couldn't get to the funeral at a time because yes. uh, you know. So I'm named after him. His name was Galen. Mm-hmm. I'm named after him. He was named, and that name is Irish. I've always known that, right? So he was born in the 30s, and his mom named him that, right? That's weird. But I heard that the name was an Irish name and they got it from someone Irish, right? Guess what? I go to my 23andMe. Guess where the majority of my European ancestry is from? Where? Belfast. Well, there you go. See, it just would answer so many questions. So you don't regret it so far? No. Okay. So, duh, that's where the name comes from. Somebody was named that from Galen. Ireland. Nice. I better I better see you rocking green the St. Patrick's Day G. <laughs> hey! I'm gonna do it! Green draws and all. <laughs> all right. That's enough of that. Let's get serious now. We're gonna have Matt Markovich on to talk about what's going on in the legislature. We do that next. Gene Ursula.